0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the Lions.com, coming to you from the West Coast Josh Lander joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got one game for our player props video up here tonight. It is the Celtics in Atlanta taking on the Hawks for Game Six, which I don't think all of us expected to be uh, witness to tonight. But here we are. So we will move into some of these player props. We've also got best bets from that vi- uh, from that game as well in a separate video. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Uh, we can also head to the lines.com. That's where we have all the great written content about the NBA and more right now up on the site, and we have that odds finder tool for you. You can use that to make sure. That you're getting the best odds available to you from all these bets you want to make in the NBA this season. All these books giving us different odds uh, as we see here. Uh, we're gonna jump into our our player props here for Thursday night. Nate did want to mention that we had a pretty good night last night. Yanni Boo Boo Giannis uh, could not pull out the W uh, for you to hit that nice bet for him. So lost that one. But Austin Reeves managed to get 15 and a half points over that because he scored so many in the second half, which was what that bet was predicated on. Did not get the 20 that we put a quarter unit on, but only a little bit lost there as. We made up for it with the with his total points. Jared Allen, probably not the best bet in hindsight, thought he might come with it a little bit more in a game that the Cavs looked like they did not want to play. Hard to predict that they didn't want to even show up. I thought it would have been a little bit better of a matchup, uh, but they did not show up at all. So my Nickabacas are moving on to take on the Heat. Uh, And the the fourth one that we got right for a bunch of units there, as I talked about Malik Monk getting 20-plus for half a unit. That was plus 210. Malik Monk getting 17 points. Even money, uh, one and a half units on that. Loved all those bets because of the same reason I loved Austin Reeves, which is those guys are going to be playing in the fourth. And also Malik Monk was coming into a game where they were going to need his offense when De'Aaron Fox has a broken finger. And I loved watching De'Aaron Fox Walk the ball over to Malik Monk in the fourth quarter and hand it off to him, going, I'm sorry, man, I just can't do this. My finger is broken and the Toradol is wearing off. Can you play offense for me like I suggested he might be doing? Uh, So that worked out pretty well. Enough gloating about Malik Monk, who's been hitting for us lately. Let's move on to our first NBA play a prop for Thursday night's game between the Hawks and Seas, Nate.
1: Yeah, like you said, the Hawks did not even expect to be playing this game because they have to bump a Janet Jackson concert that's supposed to be at State Farm. (laughs) Tonight, Great so Friday, so a lot of angry uh, <laughs> concert fans. I think about that, going to get some hate mail. Uh, God, but Janet. I'm feeling pretty good here about Malcolm Brogdon over 13.5 points. I think you can go up one more and get it at plus 115 at Duel for him to score 15 uh, and put one and a half units on it. I I mean, he's averaging 14 and a half and five assists in his last four in the series, despite playing just 26 minutes per game. He's a plus 26 in those minutes. Uh, Look, Joe Mazzula has heard the criticism before, right? Where he's like, you're not playing Derek White enough. You're not playing, and sure enough, Derek White's in the starting lineup, playing 37 minutes per game. People are saying now, you're not playing Malcolm Brogdon down the stretch. Like, why not? He's a much better free throw shooter. He's a much better playmaker than Marcus Smart off the dribble, Marcus Smart, by the way, is a minus 11 in his last four in this series, uh, 30 minutes per game. And he has a good individual offensive rating, but I mean, 119 defensive rating um, and just kind of, you know, changes your spacing and the dynamic of the offense is just a little harder, I think, to play off him than it is Brogdon who can carry that second unit or he can play with the starters. Like he's very adaptable. He's very hard to stop going to the basket. Atlanta gave up the second most paint points all year. Uh, And especially with that second unit, they're going to be much more susceptible. Brogdon scored more on the road, 15 and a half points per game this season, shooting 47% from three on the road and 91% at the line. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'll use Josh's term adult in the room, Uh, the stabilizing force, the probably the guard with, you know, aside from smart, who just like feels himself all the time. It just Brogdon is a very stabilizing veteran player presence, uh, that, you know, that they're going to need down the stretch in game six, if they're going to close this out on the road, I, I would expect them to play more and to score more.
0: I, I thought about it. I thought about taking Brogdon heavily for sure. Um, and as I was reading his props, I was like, uh, ah, the adult in the room, but at the same time, I, I just didn't know if that was going to change in this game because Marcus smart has been getting five more minutes per game than him. And he's been playing the fourth quarter more as well, like you said. And I just I, I also don't understand why. Um I hope the the Missoula love is still go, still around in Boston right now because it does seem like at times they've turned on him a little bit and blamed him for things that are going wrong. Um And I would say going what could go wrong is not playing the, the best option at point guard. I mean, he he's the he's been the answer to This team needs a point guard. I mean, Marcus Smart played really, really, really well last year. Winning Defensive Player of the Year, all that stuff. But even on offense, he was very, very good for them down the stretch, like above average for himself. In terms of the, the, the decision making, the shots that he was taking, the realizations that like it's not up to you to score for us in the last few minutes of a game. So don't worry about doing that, please. Um, and I've seen a little bit less, you know, some reverting to his old ways this season in a way that makes you go, well, then why did you sign Malcolm Brogdon if not for this exact reason? So I, I hope you're right that they play him tonight because that was the only thing that stopped me from taking him. Was is Missoula going to play him in the, in the minutes that they need most? So I, I hope so. But. Um, I'm going to move on to talking about DeJounte Murray because we've been dancing around him, uh, at least in the best bets video, we talked about him a lot. I I just think 21 and a half points is a steal right now. I'm not sure why he's predicted to get 22 points, but he's gotten over that. I guess it's because he missed a game and and that's going to change everything somehow, which doesn't make any sense. As soon as he gets back into the lineup, he's probably going to get back to taking the amount of threes that he's been taking, which is the most absurd stat to start with for his points, but it makes total sense. He's, he's taking, uh, how How many threes has he taken here? Six and a half threes a game at this point. He's taken 13 in one game where he actually hit seven of them. Um, And he's actually, he's been been making threes at a pretty solid rate uh, in in this postseason, missed all of them in the first one. And since then he's hit uh, 13 threes in in the three games that he played before his suspension. So that all adds up when you look at how Boston is playing Trey young at the top of the key crowd, the crap out of him with another guard, not with your center who's guarding Capella, right? So when Capella comes up to screen, Al Horford's not chasing him. He's standing on the foul line waiting for Capella to come back to him. It's up to the uh, the guy guarding Trey to either get around the screen as best as possible or for the wing who's guarding DeJounte to come over and help on that double, right? It's not up to the big man on the Celtics. So DeJounte's guy is sagging off a ton he's shooting the ball a ton as a result if you look at all the stuff that he's leading them in in this series all the minutes um he's second in points uh he's got the most field goal attempts the most made threes the most steals uh second in scoring and rebounding and and assists like he's just doing it all in the 38 and a half minutes that he's playing. And he's going to play as many minutes as it takes tonight. He's on fresh, fresher legs than anybody. So you could be looking at 44 minutes in this one. I don't know why you would need to sit him at this point, um, unless, you know, you, you decide that you'd like to give him a breather for a, a, a better shooter like bogey at times. But Murray's hitting 3.3 threes a game in this series um, at a super nice clip. So I don't know why you, would, you wouldn't bank on that. And And he's been the beneficiary of the way the Celtics have guarded Trey Young since he got to Boston and he honestly enjoyed playing against this Boston or when he, since he got to Atlanta and he's enjoyed playing against Boston team since he's been in San Antonio. He's hit 22 points uh, in eight of the last 10 games that he's played against Boston, only failing to do so uh, on the Hawks in his first game with them uh, when he was still getting accustomed to how to play alongside Trey. And that offense was sputtering for a bit at the beginning of this season. So if, if the books want to give us that at 21 and a half points and we get to go over that, I'll take that at minus 111 on Caesars with like, I think I'm throwing a, a unit and a half on it, but I'm also going to throw a little same game parlay out there because I think his rebounds prop is also low at five and a half boards. So if you combine his 21 and a half points with five and a half boards, um, you're looking at plus 250 and he's gotten six rebounds in every game of this series uh, and six of the last seven against the the, the Celtics. So the, the boards are there for him as well as, as Al Horford continues to just man, not manhandle, but definitely throw his weight into ca- Capella and really limit him there. John Collins has had some decent rebounding games. But after that, man, like this is the third best rebounder on the team right now is DeJounte Murray. Uh, so I continue to feel good about throwing a half a unit on his his same game parlay to get six boards and 22 points.
1: Yeah, this is the rarest chance where Josh beat me to getting his first prop up. So I could not take DeJounte, who I tried to take before he was actually suspended. For game five, because, yeah, he's I, I been want, I want to,
0: Yeah, I want to tell people, I literally went onto my computer last night at about 1 a.m. and was like, nah, 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 nah. He's not getting DeJounte today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just put the little placeholder there. Um, I mean, he's cruised past 33 PRA in every game of this series. Uh, they are going to, the like, the reason his props are lower, I think, is because Trey has been so dynamic in the last two games. But that just means the Celtics are going to be focused more on Trey Young and, and letting DeJounte get that higher usage rate. I have no problem tacking on six rebounds either. He's averaging 7.3 in the series. Uh I think John Collins is going to continue to get benched, uh, which I, you know, we'll talk about with Josh's second yeah. pick here. And that makes DeJounte sort of your defensive three on Jalen Brown and and much more of a rebounding presence. And he's fired up. I mean, that's why he got suspended for being a, a definitely too fiery with the referee. Uh, but yeah, he's a competitive guy. He's going to be out there swinging, and like you said, playing maybe playing forty plus minutes in, a, in an elimination game here. Um, so we both like Tatum here. Whether you want over three and a half threes or over four and a half assists, it is both slight plus money here, and. I'll make a case for both. Um, I mean, in this last four playoff road games, Tatum's shooting 10 threes, hitting nearly five at 45%. I think I will lean on that a little bit more. I mean, he's shooting 40% before the, his one for 10 performance in game five. You expect him to bounce back like that. I mean, you'd look at game one of the finals last year, he sucked uh, from deep and then he goes six for nine from three in the next game, even in, in a struggle. Um, uh, <clears throat> You know, and I talked about his his game uh in an elimination spot in Milwaukee. He hit seven threes, had forty-six points on the road, also got in there with four assists. He has at least four assists in in um, nine of the last eleven road playoff games. So that is there. The Celtics are getting twenty-nine assists in the last three in the series and Tatum averages 30 points and and five and a half assists his last six regular season against Atlanta, which is, you know, the second worst defense in terms of allowing assists. So both seems like solid bets. I'll let Josh be the tiebreaker and tell the people which one uh, to go for here.
0: Yeah, uh, probably the threes. It scares me because sometimes his decision making around the three point line isn't awesome. Um, and, and he pulls shots that he should be taking to the rack. It it was sort of emblematic of how they didn't step on the throat of Atlanta in that last game. And I would say part of the reason was potentially a few too many threes, to be honest. So, um, that scares me that he that he's like that but it's it's four threes in in a, a like you said the playoff roadies uh where they rely on him it's why I like him to score 30 and for them to win this game uh and if he's going to score 30 it doesn't necessarily have to get four three-pointers but the fact that he's making close to five and shooting about 11 in those playoff roadies is is a, a really nice sign for you to feel good about that as well and I, I just think he'll be looking to do that he'll have the ball in his hands but you know Jalen Brown's gonna have it as well um and if they do end up getting Malcolm Brogdon in there at, at the End of games to to keep the offense stable and just the the, the sort of mental uh, aptitude of the Celtics capable uh, capable and 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 um, stable. Then yeah, I think there's more assists coming for Malcolm Brogdon in that sense as someone who will probably have the ball in his hands to start the possession. So the threes and you get a little bit better juice on it. I'm not scared of four threes for Tatum if I'm I'm taking thirty points on him. So this last pick, Nate, um, I don't love it either. But I'm going to bank on him, man. I'm only going to throw half a unit on it. I am. uh, I don't know why this is one and a half units on our notes. I'm throwing half a unit on John Collins to get more than 15 boards uh, and points combined. Is that a great pick if you look at his stats as of late? No. No, it's not. Uh, he has not played that well in this series. Uh, he had a great game last game because of the absence of DeJounte Murray. He has gotten over this prop in one other game in that first one before um, having just awful games two through four. And I, I'm looking at games two through four as more of an anomaly uh, than than, he, than you know the, the norm for John Collins here. Um, I, I think part of the reason, obviously, in game five that he was so effective was... Capella is is getting eyed and DeJounte Murray is not in the game, right? And so he's playing off a little bit more of that wing, get down into the corner. And if trade drives into the lane, now he's looking out on the wing or the corner, For someone like a Sadiq Bay or John Collins. That's where those guys are standing. Um, But I do think that that is going to continue to be somewhat of the case, as I do actually like Trey to continue to get points. I mean, I like points in this game, and I do like Trey to continue to get points. Like, I don't know why you would start to bank on him, you know, just slowing down entirely at this point. He shot the ball 33 times in the last game, not including free throws, and with like a 40%, (laughs) nearly 40% usage rate. So, uh, you know, I think he'll continue to be doing that, but he'll probably have a little bit more focus on him, and he will need to dish off to guys. like John Collins. I don't think he can go six for 27 like he did in games two through four. I think that was the anomaly. Uh, He's still getting 11 field goal attempts a game. So his points are at 10 and a half. If you're saying he's going to shoot the ball 11 times, do you think he's going to get he's going to score 10 points off of that? Like I do. I I really do. And the rebounds have been something that he did all every every game except before, uh, except for game five, where he was focused on scoring a lot more. Um, Rebounds were actually a little bit harder to come by in general, uh, as Both teams were making a decent amount of their shots uh, in that game. And and so, you know, I I think the rebounds still at five and a half, something he's done in three out of the uh, the, the four out of the five games as well. The only time failing to do so was in that last game when he had 22 points. So that's why I was like, let me just combine the points and rebounds. He's going to do one of them well enough to get us over 16 combined. Um, And like I said, in the games that he shot better than like 35 percent, as opposed to shooting around 30 25 to 30%, like he did in games two through four, like then he, all he has to do is like make four shots. And we're getting over our, uh, our our points prop here. And the boards, I think, will be something at this pace that they've been playing at 102 and a half pace in the last game. The series is, is basically at that same pace as well. So there's going to be opportunities here, but go ahead and pinch your nose and tell me why this is such a stinky pick.
1: <laughs> it, it's fine. I mean, it's minus 125 to go over this though. Like I, I would much rather go in a different direction to, based on... Instead of taking a guy who could easily just get yanked like he's just a bad matchup defensively against the Celtics. I think DeAndre Hunter at the four makes a lot more sense yeah. for the Hawks. Um, and I mean, you've made a living off going Clint Capella under I know. because he gets yanked. He only plays half the game because they could just go with a Kangwu. um I mean, it's just yeah, I think he could continue to shoot 25 percent because he's <laughs> not a good shooter and he's, he's playing in a weird position for it for to be the wing kickout like he's not a good corner three shooter that the hawks have been talking about trading him for two years to get a better guy in that role alongside trey and they haven't done it um and so now you're just stuck with john collins taking a lot of shots that are probably not his bread and butter so i mean there's definitely a world where he continues to go under because he went way under the first four games of this series it was just like he is a an invisible force out there so I, I like I like your gumption here saying something's gotta change and it is at home, but I at minus one twenty five I was just stay or stay away.
0: Yeah. No, it's fine. He, he yeah, he hasn't gotten it in the first four games. Uh no, he got in the first game. Uh that was the only one where he did get the twelve points, which is what I was looking at and, and hoping that obviously those those two good games are on the road, but uh the, the minutes went down to twenty one and twenty five in games three and four because of how poorly he was shooting. I mean he went one for nine in that game four. So it's it's definitely not my favorite pick. I'm gonna sprinkle half a unit on it now because I talked about it and because uh here against it so i am going to put a little bit on it but i would agree i've been we've been ignoring deandre hunter kind of all season and in this series he's been a lot better and he's at 14 and a half points five more than john collins or so so do what you will with that one of those two guys obviously we have three picks that we are, are much more fond of in this one um and there's you know it's going to become a little bit sparse when you have one game to choose between uh, and i didn't want to just start repeating you as well so john collins doesn't have the most uh of my of my confidence here but he has some of it uh and I, i'm going to look at the numbers and say that the numbers game here assumes that he's got to hit like four of those 11 shots he's hitting for still a pretty bad percentage so
1: you're listening to the lines.com podcast network Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust to make you a better sports better.
2: Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800
0: So let's jump right into your first best bet of the night, Nate.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is what I should have been playing since game two. Well, I, I went game two. I wanted like over with the Hawks to cover and then they just came out flat. And since then, that's hit every single time. So I'm going to go with that again here. I'm going to tease it. So you get Hawks plus 11 at home and you get over 228. 28. I think that's the safest way to play this game because you, like you said, it's my team. It's the Celtics but they are extremely unpredictable in terms of their defensive effort and connectivity. And also in terms of Joe Missoula's coaching down the stretch, it's it's not an enviable position, I guess, because he basically has an all-star stable of guards. Uh, and there's always going to be criticism if one's out there and if one's sitting on the bench and you're like, well, why is Malcolm Browning sitting on the bench? He's he's pretty much a borderline all-star. It's like, well, I got to sit somebody. All right. I can't play five guards necessarily. Uh, I mean, maybe you can against the Hawks. But the point is, yeah, this is becoming a very guard-heavy series. It's becoming, therefore, very fast-paced and very high-scoring. Uh, the last three in this series have been paid at a 102 pace. The last two in Atlanta were a 104 pace, and both teams averaged 125 a game. So 250 totals, 251 actually. Uh, the Celtics hit 18 and a half threes at 42%. And the Hawks have suddenly found their offense from deep, even though they were the second-worst three-point shooting team. Uh, You know, they're shooting 43% in their last three from deep hitting 16 trays and in the fourth quarter up to 48% scoring 34 per game in the fourth quarter with Trey Young leading the way he individually is getting 17 a game in the fourth quarter has zero turnovers his last three fourth quarters. So that's really the key there. I mean, the first two games. It was looking like Trey was getting smothered like he it was in that Miami Heat series last year. Just like, okay, yeah, if you have an athletic, strong team, you can really just double him, swallow him up. He's figured some things out with help from Quinn Snyder uh, to be able to, to counter that and really to give the Celtics a lot of problems. He has given them problems in the regular season. This is a series where Marcus Smart is not necessarily the stopper you're going to throw at him. Derek White was doing a good job early in the C- series, but Trey has just found a way. To unlock the offense, and the Hawks are kind of fighting fire with fire, right? To, to go like, all right, Celtics make a lot of threes. They they play fast. They play small. They play fast in the half court. I mean, uh, so we're gonna play more Bogdanovich. We're gonna play smaller. We're gonna put Hunter at the four, match up with Tatum, um, and and just you know get up and down, which is exactly how they'd like to play. Both teams with an excellent assist to turnover ratio. Uh, that that kind of open floor plan has unlocked Jalen Brown the last two games, who's shooting sixty percent from the floor with thirty three points per game. Uh, one of those without Dejounte, and then you got the positive regression. Yeah, I mean Dejounte coming back first of all is why you like the Hawks to cover. That's like you know you let them get off the mat. I mean they're not they're not the Warriors, but it's similar to like you win a game without Draymond. Now you get him back. It's an incredible emotional lift, uh, and a guy that they need. So that it gives you some feeling, good feelings about the Hawks. And then Tatum to bounce back. I mean, he rarely has two bad playoff games in a row. Um, and after going one for 10 from deep and the Celtics go 12 for 38 from deep in that game five choke, uh, you expect Tatum to come back and continue to shred this Hawks team, which he has six straight regular season games, 30 points per game. And in the first four of the series, he was getting 29 a game. So We like offense for sure, and I I have a hard time imagining the Celtics just blow them out on the road.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I mean, we're going to kind of bounce back and forth between some similarities and different ways that we are, are finding ways to make money. Off of the game theory that we have for this one, which is why would you start betting against points being scored in Atlanta when Boston's playing there? I don't know why you would do that. Uh, and maybe if you were in Boston, you, you would consider under a 232 total at this point. I mean, obviously, we saw the last one go over that. Um, but I, I feel pretty good about the, the totals that we're seeing in this game going over. And I mean, as far as the Hawks to cover, yeah, I would say that. Despite the fact that there's been a couple of double digit wins, you know, for the Celtics in there, like this is a game where you look at some of the stuff going, oh, the Hawks are just choking. Uh, and part of that would be a couple of the guys that they relied upon in games two through four that did not come through, including John Collins, who we will talk about a little bit more uh, in a little bit. But the, the, uh, the re addition, if you will, uh, of of DeJounte Murray in this game also makes me like the points. And it does help me like them a lot. I, I wonder if they'll bring Bogdanovich on a little bit more. Maybe you, can, you, you see him closer to 30 minutes. At home, he's been playing about 24, 25 minutes in this series. I talked about that in his prop the other night because he is better on the road and has been used as such by by the coaching staff on the Hawks this season with higher usage, more points, more minutes when they're on the road. But I think this is a game where you got to come back and bring him in, especially if you see certain guys like John Collins shoot as poorly as they did uh, prior to last game where he scored 22 and had a really, really nice game. Um, But before that with DeJounte in, he wasn't really finding himself was shooting six for 27 from the field uh, in the first four games was John Collins before the last one. And that's just a big part of of the Celtics game plan at times, if they're going to let the guy, the ball get to the guy who's, who's not making shots. Um, that's going to be a problem for Atlanta. But I, I think they're a bit over that. And I think bogey that um, I think, you know, Quinn will be a bit quicker to bring in guys like bogey uh, off the bench and keep them in there uh, as he, he showed to be a really you know positive contributor there in the second half where he played almost the entire second half after Sadiq Bay was in did his thing in the first half, but uh, Sadiq Bey is not a defender, uh, and that is what you know Atlanta is going to need a bit more of um, down the stretch as well. So I'm still going to go over in this game for for my first pick here, Nate, because I, I do still think 232 and a half is low in this one as I said, specifically in Atlanta, the last four have gone over this total. Boston's averaging 128 points per game in their last four. And just basically all, uh, all season when they played in Atlanta, the four times they played there this season, 128 points per game. They also only have 117, uh, defensive rating because they're giving up about 120 points, uh, in that time frame as well. And, and that has been at 102.5 pace that they're playing these games at. So in this series, it's been a bunch of threes. Uh, there's 32, total being made uh, uh, on the series right now between these two teams combined, like 29 and a half threes that they're averaging in these games. So if they're going to continue to get, I know there's a a large percentage of shots coming from three at this point in game five, you saw this, the the Hawks offense is Trey Young shoot shots and get into the lane. And they let him get into the lane, which is also why I faded Clint Capella because that is their drop coverage is exactly what they're going to do every single time and say, all right, Trey, if you're going to, you know, hit those floaters from just inside the foul line and you want to take those, we're going to we're gonna give those to you over a lob to Clint Capella at the rim because our big comes up and attacks you. So I think there's going to be plenty of that, but I'm assuming he'll that'll also be the case with DeJonta Murray, who will get a bit more uh, of that usage from that Trey had in game five and, and contribute to. To it because he's been incredible this this uh this postseason and against the celtics with the most amount of minutes too for the hawks uh as one of their best two-way players so i, I think you continue to expect that from them and, and i'm expecting a big game out of jason tatum to your point uh, i'll talk about him in a sec as well because i mean 19 points in the last game uh was a huge factor for why they lost it especially in the second half where he you know he came out firing and then really slowed down too much for them and couldn't really pick it back up and find it and i just i think you know even like a first quarter bet potentially on on jay tatum which I believe he's about eight and a half points right now. Probably taking over on that. Maybe like a first to 10 points kind of bet for Jay Tatum. Like, I think he comes out pretty hot uh, and and ends with 30 plus points in this one.
1: Yeah, that's a good call because, I mean, doesn't he usually play the entire first quarter and Jalen comes out and then so that Jalen can lead the second unit in the second quarter. So, yeah, big, much bigger first quarter opportunity. I'm going to talk some of these. Player performance uh doubles or parlays here, I think that's my second bet, is is some combination of the three guys that you can bank on scoring. So Jalen Brown, twenty points, Tatum twenty-five, Trey twenty-five, also Tatum to get four assists, because I mean the Celtics are diming up right now. So that that nets you plus two hundred. And honestly the one thing I'm concerned about is Trey getting 25 points. If, if the Celtics just completely blitz him, try to get the ball out of his hands, you can also replace that with for him to hit two threes, which he's done in all, but one home playoff game in his career. So I think even if he is getting blitzed, we saw in the, in that fourth quarter, he will just pull from deep. Um, if he's not getting the looks he wants in the lane, like you said, he will continue to pull, but I, I think he'll get his, his points and, I mean, Jalen is a guy who has 24 plus points in six straight road playoff games before the finals last year. Like I said, he's lighting it up in the last two games in the series, 33 points per game. One without DeJounte, one with. It's not like DeJounte is necessarily big enough to keep him out of the lane. So for him to only get 20 points is not a huge limb. Tatum, we expect to bounce back. I mean, even when he's struggling with efficiency, he had 25 plus in nine of 11 road playoff games last year. Uh, and only went under three assists once. I mean, under four assists. He had three assists in game two of the finals, where the Celtics only had 88 points. Like you said, they're averaging 128 against the Hawks. They're averaging 29 assists per game as a team. In their last three here, Tatum has a 31% usage rate. In those games, uh, the ball is in his hands constantly. He's averaging nearly six assists per game uh, in those 11 road playoff games and five and a half assists. In this series. So even if he struggles with a shot again, I mean, the ball's just going to be in his hand so much. I, I think the dimes will be there. And 20 and 25 for those other two guys seems like
0: a pretty safe bet. It does. Yeah. I, I And the interesting thing about Tatum is I was looking at maybe some of the ancillary stuff, maybe a rebound prop uh, on top of the assist prop, something like that. The rebounds are at nine and a half. Uh, at this point, they just expect him to be one of the top rebounders on the team. He is averaging about nine in the series. Uh, he's gone over nine and a half twice. So th- I, I still feel a little bit nervous about it. I think he's super focused on scoring tonight. But I do agree that with the ball in his hands and, and a low assist total, um, you know that, that might be the only one that you're a little bit scared about. I know you talked about Trey uh, being a little bit scared. I think Trey at 25 points is a pretty good bet. I, I think once you get up to about 30, you get a little bit more scared. He has been better at home before game five. Uh, in, in this series. So, you know, where he was awful on the road in the first two, you kind of expected no matter what, he was still going to come with some, some ferocity in game five without DeJounta Murray available, but, um. Yeah, no, nothing really about this scares me too much. I kind of want to mention, actually, that the there is a uh, an SGP sort of a couple specials on DraftKings. There's, they're all over the place right now, but on DraftKings, you can bet a an NBA SGP or X where you get a, a pick from outside that same game and get a bonus bet back uh, if you lose. We, we have a couple promos about that on thelines.com. There's also a 33% same game parlay t- uh, boost there that you can get where you also do get uh, to, to throw in another pick from a different game on top of that same game. There's only one tonight, so you'd have to pick from a different game that's coming tomorrow night, but there's just some really good boosts on DraftKings right now to make these same game parlays that we're talking about, which seems apropos when we only have one game on the slate for the night if we want to make a couple parlay picks. So um, I'm with you on that. I'm going to throw in one that is pretty simple. It still gets you to plus 120 on DraftKings, which is Tatum to score 30 and Boston to win this game. I thought, I think I'm thinking about adding a couple other things. I do like Dejounte Murray uh, tonight to score more than his 21 and a half that he's, he's at um, and, and also to get a few more boards it's at five and a half for him for some for some not great odds there but if you throw those two things in there as well or some combination therein uh you are going to get that closer to about plus 500 five to one on your money so just some things to mix and match between twit tatum's 30 boston money line things of that nature um and we've said it already about tatum he's got to make up for 19 points in game five and and if you do look at his game log like three times this season when he would have a game that you would consider poor for him, where I would say under 25 points in a season where he's averaging 30 plus is, is a poor, is, a, you know, underwhelming performance for him. And he rarely, rarely, rarely went under 25 uh, two times in a row this season. And, and I think you can continue to bank on that. Uh, you kind of pointed out as well that uh, for him to be the top scorer in the game is plus 120. I think that's pretty good. I wish it was a little bit higher but because I do think there's the, there's always the threat that Jalen decides he's going to take over because one of the two of them has to play to that extent tonight and to a degree I think you still need close to 55 at least from the the two of them tonight um to to feel good about them winning I know they're they're getting some pretty good help obviously in the series uh, scoring wise especially from like Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon um but I do think that those two guys that combining for about 29 30 points at best with Marcus Smart maybe contributing 10 to 12 as well like you need 55 from these guys so I I expect one of them to be getting 30 tonight and then Tatum seems to be the better bet especially against this team where he's done it three out of the last four times he's played on the road, which was this season, only failing to do so one time uh, in this series where he scored 29 points instead of the 30 that he scores in Atlanta. So I would feel pretty good uh, about him getting to the 30. I do like Boston to win. I, I think that's a little, honestly, that's slightly fishier than the than the Tatum 30 points is, is them to just win this game outright. Um, I, I agree that there's, it's not that necessarily Atlanta's unlocked anything. I think that the way that Boston will continue to play Atlanta, which is somewhat predictable, like we said, drop coverage, Um, and and really just looking to take Trey out of the game. There's going to be some ways that they can play around that, as we saw in in Game 5, even though that game was down to, you know, the the Celtics being uh, um, up by double digits in the third quarter still just never stepped on their neck never got it to 15 or 16 or anything like that it stayed around 10 8 points um and if you do that against Trey Young team he's going to do silly stuff like he did at the end of last game uh and and that's going to be a little bit more of a you know it makes you a little bit more nervous about the Boston money line but i think that i'd rather just take that with the Tatum 30 and add a little bit to it than just take the Tatum 30 points which is about minus 115 in in most books that you're going to find it yeah, if you don't step on people's necks in these playoffs, especially if they have Jimmy Butler
1: or Trey Young, uh, yeah, you can get bit. So I, I think the Celtics, having watched that game last night, will not play play around if they do get a lead here in the fourth. And much bigger correlation between Tatum going off and them winning, I think, than, than Jalen yeah. necessarily. Jalen will kind of t- take over if they need it. But if if everything's going smoothly, I think, yeah, Tatum's getting 30-plus. Uh, same bet, really, I think, for him to be the top scorer. I don't think Trey gets 30-plus tonight, like we're saying. I think the Celtics will be too focused on game planning against him. So uh, I do think Tatum outscores Brown. I mean, let's be clear. like the, the the Hawks didn't do anything in Game 5 to like necessarily get him out of rhythm. He just missed shots. He does this sometimes. He has some mental lapses. And, and it's it's a lack of killer instinct from the Celtics in general. But he's bounced back. I mean, remember Game 6 in Milwaukee last year in the second round. Uh, 46 points uh, in an absolute clutch
0: performance on the road uh, to stave off elimination. Let's see if he can do that in a closeout here. In the closeout game. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I do think that's a there is a correlation there. I'm also probably going to get ahead of a game six Clay Thompson bet. I was thinking about that last night. Just want to throw that out there that the game six boys here uh, who come out in these in these really major games that it's either elimination time or time to, to win the series. So I love, love, love a good game six. Uh, and that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Check out the player prop specific video we have up about this game tonight as well. Until we see you next, happy betting.